Good afternoon, everybody. This is KYRS 88.1, 92.3 FM, Spokane Medical Lake. And this is Art Hour. I am one of the hosts, Mike Malsom. I'm the other host, Eric Woodard. And we are with our guests. We have a guest today. Uh, we have um, Dees Casillas. You nailed it. And Philip. Kopsinski. Yes, that one's even harder. So. <laughs> I'm amazed I got that one out the first time. Nice job. Anyway, two uh, local artists, um, and we are here to find out more about what they do in the challenging profession of comedians in here. Um, and I will just say, um, I got both of your names. I was uh, on Spokane Arts, and I was talking with... Um, um, one of the people that worked there, and I saw the makers, the short documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, had, had both you and a couple of the comedians were featured on that little short documentary, and I said, we'd like to get them on the show, and that's how I got a hold of you, Deese. Yeah. So, anyway, um, so I'll just start with you, Deese. Give Just tell us a little bit about, about yourself and how you got involved in comedy. Uh, bad parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, comedy was probably a weirder road for me because I, you know, my first stand-up set was over a decade ago, and I didn't do any stand-up for a long time. Um, I did a lot of comedy writing, sketch comedy, some improv and stuff, and then in the last couple of years got back into stand-up more, um, more full-time. I mean, the, when I first moved to Spokane, I'm, I'm from L.A. originally, there was kind of a B club here and not near as much going on or opportunities we have now with the actual, like the big Spokane Comedy Club that's opened up um, I guess three years ago now. Yeah, Two years yeah. ago in Three April, years yeah. In April, yeah. So, um, and that changed the game, I think, for everyone in you know pushing our, I think, how we work. Re like watching a real club that you know they owned a club in Tacoma for years, so it forced us all to kind of um, realize what bigger cities. Yeah, we're it's, doing it's, hard, in it's hard to compare. <laughs> I mean, the, the Spokane Comedy Club is an A-list club, so you, as oh. far as clubs go, you don't get a better club than what they have. I mean, the talent they bring in and the, just the level of sophistication. Here in Spokane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And it's, it's you know, if you, if you live in Spokane and you go to that club, it's you don't realize that, you know, the, the clubs, you know, two states over are, uh, you know, just kind of a ramshackle thing in the back of a bowling alley or right, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, there's, there's clubs that pop up in all different places. A lot of times they need a second business to prop right. it up. But, they're, I mean, they operate fully as an A-list club. They bring in A-list talent. Um, and it's uh, – it's about as good as you get. I mean, their their you know kind of minimal standard is a is a Tonight Show uh, oh, set. Wow. You know, yeah. so you rarely do you see someone who's headlining that club that doesn't at least have a Conan or a, a Tonight Show or a Jimmy Fallon or whatever. So, so DC, you've been doing this for about ten years in terms well, of either writing or yeah. If you if you add it all up, it's, yeah, it's been about ten years since I my first stand up set. And then I did, like I said, went to a lot of I was doing comedy writing for a long time and. Uh, sketch improv stuff like that and then in the last few years got back into the when the comedy club opened here really is when I uh -huh. started getting back into that and um, yeah it's just kind of exploded from there really a lot of they, that opens up a lot of doors if you're willing to work at it a little bit what kind of sketch so. writing were you doing um, just some personal stuff we did God I've got a sh God, oh, sorry on air sorry F <laughs> you guys have the uh, <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself there uh, I, I do a podcast where I say terrible things I'm yeah. used, not used to the, but you can bleep it out yeah that's fine you got the dumb button 
Um, believe it. No, we, we just tons of sketches over the years. I've got you know a million sitting around that we've we've done. We still do them. Uh, Trying to do at least once a month. Uh, some sort of sketch output. So now, when you say we, who do you do this with? Uh, I've got a couple people that I, I work with specifically. Other uh, comics in the area, mostly uh, Tony Russell, Lucas Prom, uh, Sophie Tomey, Ronnie Taylor, Folger Emerson. Uh, those are the, the people I work with the most, doing sketch comedy, um, writing, filming. So. Shout yeah. out to Ronnie Taylor, a former student of mine. Oh yeah, yeah. she's my cousin. <laughs> oh yeah, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of related. Then. Well, yeah, we're we're we are. Like, we're, it's funny, we're cousins through mar uh, through marriage. Um, we were we've been friends forever, um, and then we found out recently that my great aunt is her grandma's sister. Um, yeah, is that don't, weird don't turn, or not? Yeah, I you need an FBI flowchart sure. to yeah, figure okay. that out. Uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, we should, we've been friends forever, and yeah, we, then we found out she uh, we were, we're related through marriage. Yeah, Makes you can still sense. get married in Utah. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's only first cousins. <laughs> they can't get married in Utah, man. <laughs> I mean, they're, they didn't say no. They're still thinking about that. So like, ah, oh, we got to sleep on that one. We're yeah. not going to jump right into it. So where do you do your stuff? You say you do something about once a month. Yeah, I mean, we, we film. I mean, I film a lot of stuff in my house. I've, I've got a lot of um, cobbled together, a lot of, you know, soft boxes, nice cameras, audio stuff, everything to film, uh, put together nice, nice stuff. And then, you know, sometimes it's, it's kind of on the go gorilla just fast to get get stuff done and uh content out there but i mean really I, as much as i love stand-up comedy i've always said i would if i had a choice i would just be sitting in a writer's room for the rest of my life that's that's my ultimate goal so if you're uh filming that stuff you i'm sure you have a youtube channel yeah go to dies casillas spelled the christian way like in the bible um <laughs> you, you know the um <laughs> it's just it's just my name um <laughs> <laughs> so the you can go or go to uh Dece Comedy, that's D E E C E comedy dot com and all my uh it's got links to my YouTube page. I do a weekly podcast and a bunch of other stuff. So And what's your podcast? Is that it's called the Social Hour. Okay. Uh new episodes every Wednesday on Dece Comedy and syndicated by Pants Pending uh studios. Uh check it out. <laughs> it's a great time. Um, that's all I have to say about And that. is it, what, a half-hour podcast? It's or? about, no, we do about 90 minutes to two hours, actually, and depending on the guest. Um, but, yeah, we do about 90 minutes on oh. average, I'd say. Cool. Philip, how, how about you? How did you get your start? How long have you been doing this business? And oh, kind of yeah, man. I don't know if it's a business or like a midlife crisis, dude. <laughs> I, uh, I, I started at, like, uh, 33, doing, like, open mics at 33, and then um, – Started doing the road a little more seriously about two years ago, uh, and you know I was doing so I was doing gigs, you know, right right away. But <clears throat> uh, but working the road a couple times a month, uh, yeah, probably about two years ago. And in the past year, really, you know, trying to put together a, a, a real schedule. Um, I grew up in the in the wild. I grew up on Micah Peak Mountain, which just is a, just south of here. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So I grew up like totally in the sticks. Uh, just absolute isolation. So it was a lot of talking to myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like because you can't hear yourself on a four wheeler, you know. So you're screaming at the trees, man. They don't <laughs> you can just start coming up with a, a lot of ideas. And um, and then my sister was Down syndrome, so we would, uh, you know, we couldn't really play chess uh, very well or whatever. So we <laughs> we would uh, we would just make each other laugh all the time. And I think that's probably how it started and then I uh, I went to college for you know theater and English uh, writing and then I was a journalist for a while and then went into business 
And yeah, like I want, I knew I wanted to do stand up, but I didn't want to. I just knew so many stand ups whose lives were an absolute mess, and uh, <laughs> I didn't. And I had kids really young, so I knew that if opportunities happened, because travel is a part of it. I mean, you just you have to travel. You can't, uh, especially once you have like a headlining set and you're trying to promote your own shows. It, I can't, I can't be performing, you know, but maybe once a year. Because it's hard to draw, you, you'll sort of uh, saturate the market for your own draw if you right. do that. Yeah, so, how many yeah. times people want to see Yeah, that. yeah. How many times can I be like, come out and j- j- come see my band play, man? <laughs> We're doing all the cover hits. Yeah, <laughs> doing all the cover hits. All those hits you know and love. Yeah, so I mean, it, now I want to be able to bring new material if I'm if I'm doing the club or if I'm putting on my own show somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of cool independent venues in Spokane. You got, um, uh, what's the... That big, really cool place. The, the Big Dipper? The Big Dipper is very cool. It's kind of a punk rock. Oh. Bartlett. But Bartlett, you know, mm-hmm. you can so people can produce their own shows there. There was some of that happening. But now with the comedy club, they've got their own marketing system in place. Uh, you know, they've got people who are fans of the comedy club maybe have seen me because I used to MC there all the time. When they started, I just would MC there as, as often as possible. And I would just – I was there all the time. And I still hang out there all the time if I don't have a gig. I mean, I, was, I drove back from Richland last night, and if I had left earlier – I probably would have caught the end of last night's show, you know, just because it's... Your head would have exploded. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would have loved that. Talking yeah. about the flat earth. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it was a conspiracy <laughs> theorist last night comic. Uh, yeah, I would have loved that. I, I, I was losing my mind listening to it talking <laughs> about yeah, last yeah. night. These dudes believe in the flat, flat earth and they're yeah. like legitimate comics. Like and space doesn't so exist. So they legitimately believe They think it. space doesn't exist. It's yeah. a conspiracy by the government. I mean, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's, that's the world you get. It. My wife's... Con- I keep constantly telling her issues I have. I'm like, oh, man... I, you know, I don't know why this is happening in comedy. She's like, God, these guys sound like <laughs> my wife is a uh, she's a trained elementary school teacher. So this is her exact words. These guys sound like a bunch of doof butts. And <laughs> oh, wow. So oh, man. Words. Dump butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right, no. laughs> yeah. You're going to have to beep that out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, these guys are a bunch of doof butts. I'm like, you don't know the world I'm in. Everybody's a doof butt. <laughs> well, I wonder, because if you take that seriously, how do you make comedy out of flat earth? Oh, well, uh, I mean, I have a bit about flat earth. There's those people who believe the earth right, is flat. Right, but you make fun of um, people. Dude, sometimes it's just right? about blowing minds, bro. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to wonder if comedy uh, attracts the, that kind of person or if we become that person. <laughs> like, which, <laughs> which one it is. There is it a metamorphosis? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so in which side of the spectrum <laughs> am I on right now? Like, <laughs> so, so uh, what's what's your joke about flat earthers? Oh, it's a it's a too long. It's just it's like a five minute bit, but oh, just about yeah. I mean, the, the fa- there's just this guy. Like it just blows my mind. There was this guy whose plan was to go like. Uh, he built this homemade bootleg white trash rocket and go 1,300 feet up in the air. That was his plan to prove that the Earth is flat. And I'm always like, yeah, 1,300 feet. So, you know, about as tall as the third tallest building in Spokane. <laughs> like, that's that's your proof? Like, just get a, get a Southwest ticket for 59 bucks and go 35,000 feet up in the air. And, you can you know, the Earth is still round. Uh, uh, yeah, you get a free cocktail even when you do that. So. Yeah, it's just it's it blows my mind the things that. Uh, but I mean, you know, it, that's I think that's part of the part of the fun of it. The, the, yeah, the idea that these pe- uh, uh, the the crazy ideas people have. Oh my god! So you talked about the road. How far out do you guys go? What are the? I mean, you you were in Richland yesterday, right? Oh uh, yeah, man, that's, that's where dreams come true. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So how far out do you go? I mean, uh, depends on what I get into. I regularly go from Colorado to um, Northern California. Uh, but then, you know, it's like, w- it's kind of where the opportunities arise. So I'll start working in, uh, New Jersey. There's a club that'll hire me there now. So now hopefully like from there, I can extend to Boston. Um, 
And same with like the Midwest, you know, if there's uh, the, cl- the, so these club owners, the Spokane comedy club owners own a club in like Appleton, you know, and if they book me there, then hopefully, you, you know, try to extend over to Madison was, you know, or, you, so you just, it's kind of a slow build. It's almost like wherever I have me. So I'll, I'll go anywhere in the country right now. Um, so you're doing this full time. Um, why are you a booker? <laughs> are you, <laughs> <Yeah>. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I hate admitting, uh, cause a lot of bookers want to be like, I want to see you struggle, you know? Oh. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Believe me, I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in my 30s doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> this, things did not go oh, as I, just, I don't know who I am. No, I do. Travel I, with, um, this is know, what I tell people. I have a lot of wheelings and dealings. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I've got, I've got other things. I was like the, um, <laughs> Some comics have called me the pig that uh, built his house out of bricks. Because so, I, there, I knew that it, you know. So I've always just, you know, invested in other stuff when I was I always lived well, you know, way under my means. So uh, I do still work, but uh, yeah, comedy is basically I do comedy about two to three times on the road uh, each month. Yeah. Oh. How about you, Deese? How far do you go and how often do you go? Um, on the road, you know, I've got a pretty good circuit in the Northwest. I hit, um, I go to, into Montana quite a bit. Usually do two runs into Montana twice a year, um, kind of sp- spring and fall. Um, the last one was, I think, like eh, almost two weeks just hitting place in Montana. And then I get go over to the West Side quite a bit. I'll be in, God, Tacoma and Seattle almost all of May. Um, around the area, uh, but mostly the Northwest right now. I got a pretty good circuit. I, I get through, and I'm at I'm at the club almost every single Sunday. I've got a show there at the local club, and then um, usually I'm there once a you know one weekend a month anyway. So uh, it's a it's a little more difficult for me to do long hauls on the road because I have responsibilities. I got to be back at the club and do stuff here. Um, but you know, I yeah, I put together a spring thing most of May and June and be on the road uh through the northwest. We've got stuff in Washington, Idaho, uh Oregon, Montana. We're trying to put something together in uh, like Nevada, Carson City, Reno area. Um so yeah, that's it's So uh, you kind of already answered this next question, but uh what's the end game? So let's say Try not to kill myself row D. <laughs> 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 so far so good. Yeah, ideally but before then, my sex scandal breaks. Um <laughs> you've been putting sex tapes out there and yeah. nobody's watching. Well, Dang. yeah, I know. <laughs> One day <laughs> still zero clicks. Yeah, so you said it would be writing. Uh, I, de- I mean, ideally, I-, I think at this point I would – it's one of those things. Comedy is not – you can't do one thing. Everything trickles into the bucket now. You have to do a podcast. You have to do sketch. You have to do stand-up. You have to do writing. Like, that's the only way, I think, in the end game to make it. Very few people can make it by just doing stand-up. Or, you know, you have to kind of have – all these different plates spinning and you know get some youtube channel and some weird online show you do where you get high between two bushes and talk to uh, folding chairs or whatever (laughs) whatever it is but the uh i mean ideally i mean at this point I, i like being on stage enough where i would continue doing it but um i mean i've written shows i want to develop in film and things like that that's that's so ultimately that kind what of I, a dream project maybe ideally i'd movie? love to yeah uh, write and produce the the shows i've i've written so i guess i've already written them i just need to produce them and film them you how know? about you yeah. phil oh man i mean i <laughs> yeah, i hate saying that i want to be a road comic but you know because that's <laughs> that's what people are afraid of that's the uh, the cautionary tale is that you were just a guy that only does the road but so if you can build a draw <laughs> i mean that's dude, that's where it's at and you start <laughs> You know, you start looking at people that um, 
that are in these writer rooms, and it's like, yo, man, you you have a real job. I didn't get into stand-up comedy to have a real job, dude. You know? Just and town to town with that sad walking away music <laughs> yeah. from the Incredible Hulk a, every a time. Big bag that says jokes on it. <laughs> <laughs> bindle yeah. over your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it'd be it would be like a bindle, not yeah. a backpack. You got backpack. Well, you got big, backpack yeah, money, yeah. 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 man. I, yeah. Where'd you where'd you play <laughs> last <laughs> night? Hierarchy. Ooh, yeah, fucking Carnegie Hall over here, humble brag. The backpack. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I try. I'm trying to uh, build. I'm starting to headline more places, so I'm trying to build email lists and and you know so that people try to have a draw that people come back because mm-hmm. yeah I, I see I know a lot of comics that have that have done that and it's like then the, the people come back to see him and it's almost like checking in with a friend they're like what's this guy yeah. been up to for a year and that's how a lot of uh, road comics work uh, I that's and that's so in a lot of ways I'm like I'm you know when people are like well what's your dream deal I'm like I'm at the dream I just uh, the the money is still the dream. <laughs> like just, yeah. and I'm not even trying. I'm not even like. I'm not even want to be rich. I just want to, you know. Be away not, from I just don't. I just, more. Yeah, I just don't. Wanna, <laughs> I just don't want to get. I don't want to get scared. Like if my water heater breaks, you know. What I mean? like, I'm like, oh, what yeah. how'd, you, how'd you wind up homeless? Yeah. <laughs> my garage door broke. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's uh, that's why, and that's why I also like keeping a uh, some kind of other form of income. You know, I, I don't ever see giving that up. I mean, I do some acting, um, but that's that's such a you know that's mm-hmm. such a hail mary pass every time you go to an audition or submit a tape. But half the time, I feel like you get cast because they're like, I like the way these guys' eyebrows look, and then they're like, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be great for a commercial. And so they well, I mean, I, very few straight white men in their thirties try out for things in Spokane, right? <laughs> right yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a rarity in Spokane. Yeah, yeah you're really <laughs> yeah, no, you Anglo-Saxon become, white well, guy. You do uh, become more castable as you get older, um, just because they, when they're looking, they're like, "We want like it used to be like I would get cast for like, hey, we're looking for a like a, a young youth pastor, or whatever, you know." And now it's like we're looking for a, a down and out. Uh, <laughs> a disheveled, <laughs> unloved, desperate, yeah, just got type. fired. Probably has a drinking. And you problem. were the first person we thought. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that was uh, this agent that I have now. They said dial it back a little <laughs> when they saw. <laughs> yeah. a little, a little on the nose yeah, here. A little that. on the nose. <laughs> Put that bindle down, dude. <laughs> You're committing too hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the like most of the parts I get uh, the, when the character descriptions are like washed up. Psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she gets my look, man. <laughs> she understands my aura. <laughs> but uh, I, d- I, I do like acting a lot. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, but that's it's. I know I I know a lot of actors. I went to school for theater, so a lot of the people I went to school with moved to New York or LA or, or became theater actors. And um, at, in a lot of ways, it's like stand up. It's it's whatever opportunities you create for yourself. I mean, th- these you know produces a lot of his own shows. I've started to produce a lot of my own shows and you you risk your own money but there's better reward and um and you're in control of all the of of every element of it you know a lot of times you go to a club and you're like who knows what's gonna happen who knows who the (laughs) opener is gonna be is it just some random you know person that they just picked up from open mic that's gonna bomb for five minutes or you know or, or if i get to produce my own show i know that i get a i get a book my own opener and um and i know that you know i will control where i stay i mean i (laughs) <laughs> There's a club down in Which Florida. Which Motel 6, I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get to choose. 
Dude, there's a club down in Florida. Uh, this is in Orlando, and I I was looking at their website, and they have like 13 locations. And I was like, oh man, I'm gonna do a guest spot. I'm gonna get in with these clubs. It's a big deal. Look at their website. It looks great. I show up. It's in the back of a bowling alley. <laughs> the headliners like, I'm like, do they put you up? He's like, dude, I'm not staying there. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they don't have air conditioning. At the comedy condo in Florida in the <laughs> summer, man. Oh, like man. that's a. He's like, I'd rather stay in that office right, right. there. It, so, you know, the clubs are a great system for exposure in the sense that they have usually built-in regulars, and you get and and you get to be in one place for you know three nights or however long. But I think the best opportunities are, are ones that you create yourself. And I and living in Spokane. You have to. It's not like if you live in Indianapolis or if you live in the South or you live on the East Coast, with usually within a three or four hour radius, you might have twenty clubs. Oh yeah, yeah. Here nice. you got four in Seattle, one in Boise, one in Portland. Yeah, a couple in Portland, and then you know one in Spokane. So and then you you go up to Canada and there's a higher concentration, but you dude, you're on the tundra up in Canada, and uh, so you know a lot of a lot of what I've seen people do in this part of the world is you you know you just do winery brewery shows small theaters um and uh and it's a lot of fun you know because people are like oh my gosh this guy came to our town yeah <laughs> you know we exist <laughs> i've had people in small towns be like okay rate us against other small towns <laughs> 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 and that and i think in some ways it helps your chops like because you gotta toughen up a little bit to do stand-up i mean it, it is a difficult thing to do and if you're doing a set and there's a dude with no teeth in the front row, <laughs> cross-eyed, who's like, they canceled karaoke for this. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had bingo tonight. Yeah, man, yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, it's, you gotta, you know, I think I think it definitely helps your chops a little bit um, to do those kind of gigs out in the wild. Oh, man. Yeah. One of my biggest fears about comedy is if I ever did it, which I'm probably never going to, <laughs> but uh, hecklers. Like, you're talking about that guy in the front row. It seems like crowds are actually pretty polite. Is yeah, that I would true? say for the most part. Yeah. 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 Most people's fear is hecklers. And it's way more common to have somebody just having a conversation and being disruptful. Right. And Like, why are you here if you're going to be talking to your friend? Yeah. Exactly. If you're yeah. doing my job. Yeah. yeah. And that's, but, you know, I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of shows, that's why I, I'm trying. <laughs> You're like, what's your goal? Like, he's is like, I want to be a writer. I'm like, I want to be at shows where people know there's a show happening. <laughs> <laughs> where, where they turn off the TVs and don't let people play pool for, for 45 minutes. Yeah, I would say in the past year, I haven't done a single gig where a TV's on, and I'm like, I made it! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they put a cover on the yeah, pool table, man. I yeah. you know how to treat performers here. Well, it is crazy, though, because you do, like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, I know Phil has the same experience. You do comedy clubs. And it's almost like cheating because everything is everything is geared for you to be doing comedy. Yeah, everything's uh, for success. Right. Yeah. For, exactly. Like you can. It's like a DUI checkpoint. The only thing you can do is screw it up. <laughs> right. Like it's it's on you to screw it up. But when you're doing these bar shows and things, I mean, you literally, I mean, I did a show in like Livingston, Montana last year. It's just this tiny town in Montana and, you know, at this at this bar. But it was packed out. The people loved it. You know, they were a little wild. But it's like you that, like Phil was saying, makes you, I think, better at what you do because you have to. You're, it's not there. They're not. They, someone didn't even know there was comedy there. You have to be like, are you here for comedy? Like, <laughs> you look and you like, uh, no, I was, I was here because it has two dollar, <laughs> you know, vodka shots yeah. tonight. Um, and I know the owner. You know, that's <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 
it's a it's always great i don't know hecklers are hecklers are easy too though i think the yeah most people who are rude enough to heckle are typically pretty easy to to deal with um when i when i first started i would uh actually get a little too mean and <laughs> too far yeah 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 dude i uh, i would go a little too mean <laughs> <laughs> I think he's laughing because he's been in some of those shows. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happens at first, it's kind of funny. And then people are like, whoa, dude, this guy is crazy. He's disheveled, a psycho. Yeah. He should be in a commercial replace one. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I I think most of the time. So now my thing is kind of like, hey, man, <laughs> well, are you OK? Like, yeah. well, let's let's just let's talk about why you're doing that. And so uh, and I think a lot of that is just stage time. You, you learn how to relax on stage a little more. And and then you can kind of uh, talk with people, and so yeah, yeah it was jarring when it happened. Yeah, I mean, usually the biggest problems that I have are people that don't even know they're being a problem because they're just like talking yeah. super loud, or they don't know yeah. they don't know how to behave in public. Mm-hmm. You know, well, there's there's shows I've done where <laughs> that I've produced, and then you know, there's a guy in the audience, and I'll be you know just keeps talking. I'll go, and I'm like, hey man, we need to be quiet. I have to tell him a couple times. I'm like, if you, we're gonna have to ask you to leave if you can't. Be quiet. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm helping him. And I'm like, to the comic. I'm like, no, I mean, he does this every night. I'm pretty sure he, yeah. you, he doesn't need your help to uh, get through his 40 minute set here. I mean, I think in b- bigger markets, you know, you can, you can have, you might have a meaner heckler, <laughs> you know, yeah. someone who's like, yo, you suck. I, I genuinely think that your comedy is terrible, and I'd like you to leave right yeah. now. <laughs> like, wow, all right, well, I, I, I haven't experienced that, but um. Um, I think yeah. After a while, you, you get a tough enough skin, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, I just suck. Then maybe you should on. leave. You yeah, it kind of reminds me of teaching. You know, you worry about losing control of that class because oh, I teach yeah. high school. Remember that, and you worry about that, and then after a while, you develop that court sense or whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah, right. You just say, I, I think I can handle. Well, this. and certainly as a teacher, if you get angry, you lose. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you have to remember that most of the people in the room are on your side. Right. So just don't lose them. Well, right? that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're too much of a jerk about it, or yeah. if you look like you can't handle it, they'll say maybe this. Guy yeah, maybe they lose that yeah. as a teacher or a comedian. <laughs> right, you know? right, yeah. right. The the one of the ways I found that I like to deal with hecklers, you touched on it there, was uh, getting the. I don't really do anything so much as get the rest of the crowd to turn on that person. If you can get the rest of the crowd to be to to really like boo that person, mm-hmm. like I'd be like, oh man, you know, I I liked you, but apparently everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> hates you right now so you know uh, I, I and that's that's one of the easiest ways too if you can right. get everyone else on right. your side which most of the crowd is they and then are, just yeah, get them there, to right. turn on that person and then yeah. <laughs> they kind of takes care of itself i want to know if um you're at you guys are at the level now where you're you're doing gigs you're doing the travel and kind of upped your game i guess to a point where far from when you first started did are you doing what you're doing now because the first time you got up it was such a, a rush and such a, a cool thing that that's what you decided this is what i'm gonna do or did you get inspired by somebody else and just say i'm just gonna go for it and see and see where this takes me uh i don't know for me like i I always, for the longest time as a kid, I always wanted to do. I always loved comedy. Like I was the kid that this this sounds ridiculous, but I would pretend like I would fall asleep on the living room floor, and then my uh, like my dad would just pass on the sofa. My mom would whatever she did, go in the back room and yell, "Freak out!" And then I would pretend like I was watching. I'd fall asleep. I pretend like I was asleep. They wouldn't move me until you know four in the morning. My dad woke up. And I would watch, like, stay up to watch The Tonight Show or Saturday Night Live or um, they used to do, what was it, stand-up 
spotlight on VH1 that like uh, Rosie O'Donnell hosted and stuff. So I always, but I didn't know, like, I had no idea how you even started. Like, I, you know, where do you, like, what's the, you know, where do you open mic? I didn't know that existed. Um, so I always knew I wanted to. And I think once I found any avenue of getting, of doing it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is absolutely. And that's why I took any opportunity of when I couldn't find stamp things in Spokane, I just started doing writing and working on, you know, submitting stuff to websites and producing my own comedy via sketch and a podcast and things like that. Yeah. So was there one comedian who inspired you over anybody else? Um, no, well, I, I will. I, there was, there was a couple times when I first remember like coming online with like, a really good joke and i don't know if i can say this joke but i'm gonna try it you can dump it if you want <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, no, you're, it was, you're gonna ruin the whole it thing was, it was norm mcdonald on his weekend update and norm mcdonald's one of my favorite comics and it was like he said like uh <laughs> um uh top 10 worst jobs in america just came in uh second worst job in america uh crack whore uh first worst job in america assistant crack whore and like <laughs> i just just his canes and the way he delivered and i remember being i don't know i was probably like nine years old or something I'm like oh that's really that's a great term that's <laughs> funny you know <laughs> and um so you know just i don't know if there's one specific comic but i you know i my my taste varies a lot for for com comedians so oh uh, yeah so what was the question well, I just wondered, you know, <laughs> the Anunnaki. How do you feel about yeah, lizard people? Do, I mean, Are they yeah, real? To do, <laughs> to to travel and do that much oh. stand up. Um, I mean, obviously, you gotta love it. But did you yeah. do that after trying it? You know, like an open mic and going. You know, I this the rush of this is 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 um, huge. Or yeah. just out of something. This so is I had done a lot of like community theater, like improv type stuff before. Mm -hmm. I did that for a long time, just as a creative outlet, you know, and. Um, uh, and I knew I wanted to do stand up and I was I put it off, put it off, put it off because I knew that it's it's uh, what I called uh, I called it improv is like a uh, the gateway drug and then stand ups like shooting the heroin. Uh, I mean, there is especially when you start just because um, you've prepared it and, and it's only you. And I remember when I first started doing it, I, I almost immediately started doing like five, six mics a week. I'd go to like music open, open mics and, and try to do time at a, at a mic that no, nobody wants to hear a comic <laughs> at uh, just to get the stage time. Um, because the, I, I had been involved in like, yeah, group, group projects, improv, and you would have to deal with you know five people's schedules and maybe you get together and you write a sketch out and everybody talks about it and you got to rehearse and then mm -hmm. maybe you get to do a show at two months from that date and it just would take forever and i remember in the first month i was doing stand-up i was on my way to a, a thing and i thought of a joke i uh, you know rewrote it in my head i then uh you know, practice the way I wanted to say it. And I said it that night and it worked. And I'm like this, I'm done with all the other stuff. If I can just rely on myself, then I can be in control of my own failures and my own successes. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, immediately wanted to, uh, I knew I was like, I want to try to pursue this as, as best I can, especially from Spokane where, yeah, it feels like, I mean, I knew you could get into it by open mics, but it didn't feel like something you could actually pursue from Spokane and, and 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 now that I'm pursuing it from Spokane it definitely feels like something I can't pursue from Spokane uh, <laughs> <laughs> just solidified my I was a lot smarter yeah. back then <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah so the uh, 
the, it is it is definitely a rush. If you have a great set, I mean, it 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 feels great, and it used to feel good for a long time, and now it, it doesn't feel as good for as long of a time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like my tolerance has built like like a heroin. It is like a drug. <laughs> yeah, it is. You, know, yeah, you just yeah. you're you're just waiting for the next time to go on stage, and the. I think it's called depression. I think they call yeah. it depression. <laughs> it's like the uh, yeah, and y- you just want that next rush. I yeah, and I I do uh, like I said I'm over about two or three times a month, and um, and a lot of that is just because you I I, I want to be home. I want to have a normal life. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people when they start stand up <coughs> are single and they can they can live on the road, and that's that's just not a reality for me. You know, I just don't want to do that. I mean, I did. I was gone for a month in November and that was that was pretty rough, you know. So I don't really foresee ever doing that. And mm-hmm. and um and but those kind of stru- those kind of like, you know, sacrifices make it so that if I'm like preparing for a show or if I'm like in a hotel room waiting, I'm like, dude, if I'm putting my family through this, I better do as <laughs> good as po- I better do my best <laughs> job tonight and uh and prep for it, but yeah, you know it's funny. I actually uh, uh, I was on the East Coast a few months ago, and and I was like, it was the first time I think that I really I got there, and I was like homesick. I was just like, man, this is kind of a bummer. I'm gonna be. It was it was like Wednesday to Sunday, r- uh, run at a club, and I just thought this is a bummer. But it was like once I was in the club, once I was around other comics, mm-hmm. I just. I, all that went away. It was like this is another level of of home. I'm, even though I didn't know any of those comics, I'd never been to that yeah. club before. I was just like this energy. I has become another kind of home for me, you know. And I, I couldn't imagine doing stand up if you hated it. I mean, it oh, would be yeah. it would be the worst job. And I, I've met some burned out comics, you know. And uh, that would be uh, that'd be worse than any soul sucking day job I could ever yeah, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> if you just gotta go <laughs> crank out the sillies, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, for for drink tokens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, it is you're, you're somebody's night out. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're right. you know you're helping those people. You know, uh, you pre foreplay or whatever they're yeah. doing. You know, you're helping that couple connect. Uh, people forget about their problems for yeah. an hour. They have a good time. I mean, that's. That's really what I try to find. It, it gets hard as I get to know people and as people will be like, hey, we're going to come out to your show. And they're like, we're here to party. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, dude, uh, my late show is going to be terrible if I party with you right now. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great time. Good to see you. High five till next time or whatever. Uh, but that's, you know, we, it, it's nice to be someone's night out. You know, it's like you're their special occasion. Right. So uh, I'll never get tired of that. Yeah. I, you know, I saw, I think, on some show there, they had uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, was was on the uh, thing, and he was kind of doing a thing, but in between it was a little bit of a documentary on his, you know, his start and where he arrived oh, now yeah. and all that. And one of the things that was visual was at the end, the he, he keeps yeah, all of yeah, his yeah. stuff, you know, all of his jokes, he saves them all on the legal pad and then he would pull them all out and spread them out on the street and it was just like covered the whole street yeah with all his writings are you guys do you how did what's your writing process and how do you kind of 
synthesize that down to stuff you're going to keep or do you keep stuff on the back burner or is it works in progress? Well, Dee falls asleep on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, drink, I, I drink a bunch of cough syrup, take codeine, and wake up and see what I've scribbled in my notebook in the middle of the night. Uh, so, you know, hieroglyphics? Yeah. Uh, um, the, uh, I mean, personally, my – I uh, – live alone well i live with my dog and if she could talk she'd say dad yells a lot uh i just walk <laughs> around my house and like rant or in my car i just uh um when i do when i'm on road trips to different uh venues and stuff you know if i have four hours to drive alone i'm like a psychopath i don't even listen to music i just like talk <laughs> yeah, the whole time yeah, <laughs> and um if if i get if i catch on to something that i keep repeating or i say something that i kind of laugh at i will start recording it and I'll and um, then I'll go through and I transcribe it I actually write it by hand um, and then I'll kind of take that to stage uh, distill it down to figure out the wording and the movements and the kind of the body language how I want to work it and if it's working I you know you keep it and then I actually I have a master of my entire set in my computer and I will inject it into wherever it's going to go in my complete if I'm doing my whole act um or but and then i have you know when i'm doing shorter sets you go through and figure out what yeah. you're going to do out of it or depend on the crowd and stuff like that but um yeah i mean god i rec just record i've got audio files that i need still need to go through or scribble notes and um i mean i don't know about Phil. i, no, I like, want to ask I, you yeah. something so you you uh you you talk to yourself in the car oh to, yeah like literally yeah. I, for, no, I for hours do, i don't I do that i don't drive yeah. and i still i still do it have you ever worried like what if someone had got this recording or what if someone oh, yeah yo god <laughs> this, I'd, be, I'd be in prison <laughs> i'd be in guantanamo being and waterboarding right now <laughs> Somebody, you know. No, i know a lot of comics that do the same thing i do the same thing i Are mean I, i've actually uh, i've been at shows where someone's about to go on and they're like uh they're like looking around they're like i need a place to go and they, they like you'll sneak off to a corner and they're like and they're like you know talking they're, but they're rehearsing they're doing what an yeah. actor does yeah. But an actor, you know, everybody knows. Right. People think a comic's just talking, you know. <laughs> everybody knows the actor's doing lines. So if an actor's, like, in the green room, like, today, you know, nobody will think twice about it. But a comic talking in the corner <laughs> themselves, <laughs> I mean, that that perfectly <laughs> captures <laughs> the type of people that go to stand-up like, comedy. Like schizophrenic. So, like, people <laughs> yeah, think dude. we have someone in the trunk when we're driving down the street. <laughs> 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 like, uh, yeah, man, it gets thick. Oh, I was just thinking, you know, just a recording of the car trip. Oh yeah, oh god, yeah. You don't want it, man. It, it's it's a, it is a crazy stream of consciousness. That if like I would love to, if so, uh, what's his name? Elon Musk is working on a neural link that like connects you to the internet, and I that is scary as crap to me because I can't imagine if just someone had this stream of consciousness twenty four seven. It is a is, this, is there four people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is uh, it's uh, it's insane so oh. i mean th and there's sometimes i have i start thinking about stuff i'm like what what is, what am i doing what is happening in my head right now um yeah funny, yeah or you you know you i mean me personally i have a uh what my doctor calls a crippling alcohol addiction uh and when i um <clears throat> i will wake up in the middle of the night and write uh just crazy stuff on my notepad i keep a notepad next to my uh you know, on my uh, nightstand, I'll call it a nightstand. Um, <laughs> and like, I wake up, it's an apple crate. Uh, um, I steal apples. Uh, see, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, 
like some of the stuff I wake up and I write, I'm like, what was going on in my head last night that I thought I, that needed to be written down, you know, or like, you, you know, you go, you go back to notes and you're like, you know, or you'll just write some down at some point and think, oh, this is funny and I'll get it later. Dude, and I, then you I go had back. a note like that written in my notebook. It just said eyebrows for knees. I was like, what, what does that mean? What was I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I, 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 um, I'd written down. One morning I'd written down, um, how are we going to teach people about the birds and the bees when all the bees are dead? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, great idea. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> That's just a great and, standalone joke. Yeah, like it's not very funny, but it's pretty profound. I think, like, it's like a PSA more than anything else. Um, I was just thinking as a teacher, I would write that. Yeah, I was, just, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, um, the, you know, so, smartphones help a lot uh, because I can, I just keep a note. I keep a like a note tab, and anytime I think of something funny, I'll write it down, yeah. or or even a story that I know I want to write, and then later I'll I'll I type it out, you know, and then it's just a. Uh, and I'll do, once I do it on stage, and it's just a whittling process, and yeah. then it whittles down to make it tighter, and then from there it expands. Once I start performing it on stage, and well, yeah, because you you, know. you write five minutes, it be you know it come becomes like two and a half minutes, yeah, and sure. then and then you can you know if you're if you're lucky even, and then you eventually start adding tags to that that kind of happen organically on stage where you know you you have a line that just kind of pops out or as you to put it in a different part of your set that can help build it and um well you know. there's a difference between stand-up and and content um i got a, a podcast phil cops one-offs uh plug that right now is that wow. cool yeah cool yeah phil, uh so it's a uh, small town news storytelling and then we go over animal sexual behaviors <laughs> it's about 45 minutes and i usually have a, ge- a guest just tell a five to 20 minute story i'll bank it and kind of use it whenever i want but uh, sometimes I'll just tell my own story uh, for the story portion, and there's times where I'm like, this is a funny story, but it's not tight enough. The laughs aren't tight enough to be a, a stand-up story, and I, I don't see how I could do it. I'm like, like Dave Sedaris, the, I don't know if you guys know the mm-hmm. essay writer. You know, he was like that. I wanted to be like Dave Sedaris when I was a kid. So, uh, so yeah, that's a very different form. I mean, Dave Sedaris is very funny. He's, he's, I think he's, the, I think he's the funniest humorist of our generation in a lot of ways i mean i think he's fantastic but his act wouldn't translate to a, a comedy club you know mm-hmm. the, he doesn't have the laughs per minute necessarily mm-hmm. um i think he, he you know and he, he's doing just fine doing what he's doing he doesn't need to do the club he, circuit his nightstand might be a little bit different. yeah right? yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's got he's got two apple crates yeah. <laughs> but he you know he he was like that's what i wanted to be i mean and he you know his vulnerability and his work and he grows as a writer constantly i mean that's really all you hope for as an artist just so that you keep progressing you keep creating and you just keep um you just you, right. c- you keep expanding they have that like that kind of the generic 10,000 hour rule you know yeah. that yeah i mean so as a craft i mean as you're talking about that you're constantly refining um how many years did I mean, you're ten years into it, and, and about several six. years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, mean, and, and it, I, I mean, sta- the feel like um, the stand-up years are way different than like other content years. Yeah. Comedy, in some form or fashion, is uh, ten years. Stand-up, like solid stand-up for me, has been th- three. You know, probably so. Um, and those are, I mean, they're different muscles. They all help for the same thing. Doing improv helps being a comic. Doing being a comic, right? I mean, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, as for pure stand up i mean god that it's it's the thing where everyone who's been doing it forever tells you it takes 10 years i mean yeah, it's like yeah, it I literally is a is a 10 year yeah. thing where um 
you know, it, part of it is work ethic. Um, people who gravitate to jobs where they can sleep all day and smoke weed and they don't start till 8 p.m. <laughs> are generally a little lazy. Uh, if you if you can if you can live that lifestyle and are a little motivated that you can up that timeline a little bit, um, you can hit um hit ceilings a little faster, hit, you know, hit yeah. uh, different plateaus a little bit quicker, but it's still, it's nothing. Well, that, there's no shortcut. The 10,000 hours, hours, I mean, you can write and get better at writing by, by continuing to write, but you know, stand up. the only way you can do stand up is by being in front of an audience yeah. and doing it. You yeah. can't, you can practice all you want in your car, but yeah. I, but, and I, and that's not going to hurt you. I think that can only help you, but the only way you can really learn how to read the energy of a room is by doing stand-up. And so building that 10,000 hours slows down considerably when you, you, when you start out. You're doing five-minute sets, ten-minute mm-hmm. sets, and you're doing half-an-hour sets. And, it, you know, a lot of people you know, aren't even headlining until six, seven years in. And so then, you know, even when you're doing hour sets, if, if you're working every weekend, you're still only doing five hours at a time. Yeah. So that 10,000 hours, uh, it takes a long time, and there's a different – you know, it's you know, you you don't want to be the guy that panics on stage or forgets. You got to know how to handle yourself in multiple different scenarios, and the only way to do that is by actually putting yourselves in in the in those situations. You know, how how are you going to do if if you burn through all your material and you still got 15 more minutes to do? And you're like, I gotta, oh, I gotta yeah. go back. It just makes me sweat thinking about yeah, that, yeah, man. dude. That's yeah. the, the, the worst that's thing real is, life, yeah. man. <laughs> like, uh, you're just looking for that light. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you're like, uh oh, <laughs> I might have to talk to these people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it, I mean, you know, you, there's all these different scenarios that you realize that you eventually have to deal with. And so um, you, when you see a comedian, you know, these established comedians that do these specials and stuff, and I mean. You, you got to have a whole new appreciation for what went into. The, oh the yeah. Point. yeah, absolutely. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I mean, there, there. Like I said, there's no, there is no shortcut. I mean, there's. You know, we. I'm sure Phil gets all the time too. Comics will come up and you know, new open micers will come up and want to talk to you after, and they're, you know, how do I get on a show? How do I do this? How do I get? And you're like man, you, this is your third open mic. Like you should probably focus on, uh, just writing. I'm like my, this, I mean, maybe just cause I'm jaded at this point, but it's like, let's tell him hit, hit four mics a week for a year and then come back and talk to me if you're still interested in right. doing this. Uh, and you know, then you, then that's, that's probably something you might want to pursue. But most people just like, I do one three minute open mic a week and just kind of meander here. And there's like, you're never, you can't get better than yeah, that. Yeah, I, I got into yeah. that that D club that um, that Dees was talking about a little bit before Dees uh, was doing it, and and some of those older guys that had done the road and had careers um, that worked at that club a lot. You know, they told me it was like uh, it's a it, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So just <laughs> pace yourself, <Yeah>. buddy. <laughs> you know. Do you notice more and more people in town trying the comedy thing? Is that something that actually you I I think the club made it die down a little bit in some ways because when there was a D club Thursday night would be an open mic and then there'd be uh, these, all these other little open mics. Well, people, people kind of, a lot of those open mics stopped. I mean, I don't know as much about what's happening in Spokane right now, but I do, I do know that I think people only saw the club. So you'd have, you only have people doing one, that one big, you know, they want to do the club each week where it's like, well, you're forgetting about the Chinese restaurant on Friday night and the, the late night burrito place and the, and you know there there used to and there still is you can go find that stuff and you go develop that stuff 
Um, but I think I think uh, it's sort of rebuilding itself because they're trying to they're trying to I mean the club is trying to build a roster of, of MCs and, and and talent that they can use locally. Um, right, that only benefits them to cultivate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, local. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and I, I mean, I've lived in Spokane, you know, for most of my life, and I've seen artists and talented people. You know, they put together. I mean, if it's a band, they get a killer three songs, and it's like they're gone. Comics, they get ten minutes, they're gone. And improv actors, improvisers get a couple credits, they're gone. You know, it's just like uh, you know, there's like this exodus that happens at, at with people when they have a talent and they're and they're good at it. Uh, after about two years, you know, whereas like the incubation period at like in like a bigger market like Seattle might be more like five years, you know, mm. seven years uh, before you move on to a market where there's bigger and better professional opportunities. Have we had <coughs> local comedians kind of make it big? Well, Dan Cummins is yeah. certainly. Oh, a, right. Yeah. yeah Dan He's Cummins is certainly a, a drawing comic now with a very popular podcast. Uh, there's a guy in Post Falls who's who's a very he does very well. He's a big uh, uh, cruise ship guy. Mm. Um, but he's, he's probably home like four weeks a year. Oh, uh, yeah, his name is uh, Alvin Williams. He's a great comic. Uh, he runs uh, runs a couple rooms. But uh, yeah, he uh, you know there's there's those two guys. There's, there's, uh, so spoke the history of Spokane <laughs> comedy <laughs> is a pamphlet. It's a is, sort of no, history. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it, what it, this, this is what I've been told. In the '80s, a lot of like. Older vaudeville style era type comp, not not necessarily they were vaudeville, but they still kind of had that that sort of vibe. Uh, came here and retired, and there were all these little rooms that popped up, and they were, these guys were great comedians, they were great live performers, you know. But now you'd look at it and you're like, that something feels yeah. off. It's like outdated, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there was there was a lot of that that was happening. I mean, there, there's a guy who's 80 now, and he was a he was a very popular touring comic. Um, he was on, <laughs> dude. He was on uh, Ed Sullivan. He was on the Ed Sullivan yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jay Wonder Walker. He was kind of a kind of a legend. <laughs> dude, fifty. Yeah, fifty. <laughs> he, he had a career for fifty years, man. Yeah. My first feature set was uh, opening for him. <laughs> he's he's a, he's, oh, a, he's a he's yeah. a he's a yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's quite yeah, a guy. Yeah, yeah that guy. Did, yeah. So he <laughs> and he's a he's, dude. He's a hilarious comic. I went to so uh, the Jay was one of the first guys I worked with. He always wore a suit. And uh, <laughs> and he always like had cologne on and everything and um, and so I was like I'm gonna open so I'm gonna open for him I'm gonna be like the, I'm gonna be a young comic that that like dresses nice none of the young comics dress nice so I, I wore a vest I wore like nice jeans nice not jeans but like you know slacks and everything I show up to this gig. Jay's dressed in like a sweatshirt and jeans. It's like a hole you like see the side of his man areola. <laughs> I show up and he and and he doesn't mention how he's dressed at all. And then the MC shows up, uh, who was was his uh, son and is a pretty experienced comic. And he looks at me and he's like, "Dude, you wore the wrong clothes <laughs> for Hayden, Idaho." And, and uh, he, he does a lot of crowd work. And one time he looked at somebody in the crowd and he's like, he looked to a woman and he goes, "Oh, is this your husband?" He's like. No, my husband's been dead for four years, and he goes, "Well, he looks great." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like that, you know. Oh man, and he. <laughs> I mean, I so I gotta, you know, I. I <laughs> I gotta see guys like that, and they, they don't. Those, they're not as active as much anymore. But I just, I, I loved that kind of thing when I started seeing these. <laughs> just, just a, such yeah. a solid joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't know that's what she was gonna say. But you, after seeing him enough times, you realize like he's got five hours of quips he can give to the crowd oh, yeah. that he's yeah. developed over the years. Yeah. Um, so you know there are comics who who have come from Spokane, but usually it's like just your road dog type 
type guys, yeah. you know, and if, um, you know, it's hard, like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to fall into that trap cause it, it gets exhausting and, uh, and then you start to lead a non-authentic life, you know? I mean, y- it's hard to make people relate to you when you're like, uh, what'd you do today? Oh, I took three naps and watched cable for four hours, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, or on yeah. the other end, you know, Ellen DeGeneres is talking about being rich all the whole time. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. In her newest special. Although <laughs> she, she, I love the way she, I love the way she does it. Is there a back of the plane? I've never been there. I mean, <laughs> that's so great. Like she, she does it in her style. I mean, she's got such a defined style, you know, so. And that's that's that is the hardest thing. If you do the road, it's easy to get really hacky and and sort of um, uh, do j- easy jokes. But uh, you know the the real challenge in stand up is creating an act that nobody can recreate. I mean to to do to to perform in a way that is uh, irreplaceable. Like people could tell your joke, but right. if they're just saying the same words, it's not going to go the yeah. same way because of the way you you've formed a talking and that, that that's, that ta- that's where the ten thousand yeah. hours comes right. in because that ta- that's where it takes ten years to to develop a style. You know, so as getting to be veteran uh, people in the business. Uh, what's the... <laughs> Are you making wow, fun thank of you. Us? No. Oh, man. No. Are we being catfish? <laughs> <laughs> Are we being catfish? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's good advice and bad advice. Um, what... What, if it's know, coming some, from a comic, it's bad advice. <laughs> probably. I was just going to ask, so what is, what is bad advice for somebody, you know, maybe that you've learned through experience that, you know, somebody that was would be starting is like, don't don't listen to this. This is bad advice. Um, well, I mean, it depends on who it's coming from. I think, you know, I uh, luckily in Spokane, most comics are um, – anywhere between amicable to really good friends so so most of the time no one's trying to sabotage i think in bigger markets there's probably (laughs) more of that uh and people trying to sabotage it's just more competitive um you know there's i don't know if the i mean there's i think bad advice is usually pretty obvious i mean really the only nice advice for a comic is like Hit a bunch of mics. Keep doing, you know. Get on the, you know. Don't, don't, um, just keep working. Keep getting out there, and then like, it's just a little bit of motivation. I think a lot of, I, I mean, that's how I gained traction. Is I just started going out and doing shows, p- producing shows, doing shows, and that got me a ton of stage time. Um, that helped me a bunch. Where I don't think a lot of people have that ability or motivation to do it. Right. Um, and they just wait for things to come to them. I mean, I've met a lot of funny people like, oh, yeah, I get a gig like every eight months I get a paid gig. I'm like, yeah, you should work harder. I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a, lot of, a lot of comics don't want to put themselves out there because there's – it's just – it's mainly – it's not like there's a lot of rejection. It's like there's mainly rejection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's that. – but – Oh, God, I, I'm putting together a spring tour with another comic, and we – I've literally sent out, I think – 60 70 emails and i mean you get i've got f- five responses yeah, in a, in a positive <laughs> so well to be oh, fair a couple of those places i usually <laughs> i do it are always like i was just like hey you still want to do that um but i mean bad advice you're gonna know if it's bad advice i think you know you just it's just the only thing you can do is just do it and do it more and practice and, yeah, and, and the hard it. thing is there's no one path you know there's a lot of people yeah. that work the clubs and, and ra- go up that way but you know that's a rough road because clubs pay the least because they're the best. They're the most fun places to perform. Uh, there's other people that do cruise there's ships. Also demand, you know, the clubs have they yeah. have a demand to get people want to be there. Yeah, and so there's a yeah. ton of competition to get into them. So they so they typically pay the least. Um, 
a lot of people do cruise ships. That's not the right path for a lot for some people because maybe maybe that's it. They, you can get too used to the money and then you don't mm. want to do other stuff. Uh, there's you know there's people who do. I mean NACA, you know that's a college college circuit, and and then that's a that's valuable because uh, uh, if, if you do well in the college circuit. The l- you're a lot more likely to develop a social media following because a lot of those kids mm-hmm. are gonna be mm-hmm. you know follow you. They're mm-hmm. a lot more tapped. I mean, they'll follow you right in the crowd, right? Yeah. But like my act, I mean, I'm 38 years old. I talk a lot about family stuff. Like, there's no reason for me to invest my time and energy trying to get onto the NACA circuit. I'm I'm gonna you know, I talk. I mean, I, I do a, a bit right now that is very that works really well. It's about breast pumps. I do an impression of a breast pump on stage. <laughs> if I did that if for a college Top crowd, three they would be like, what is he talking about? Ew. Yeah. the bad man stop. Yeah. Uh, where, show me where the comic touched me in my brain, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just – and so, you know, I, it, it, it wouldn't relate to a college crowd. I, I know a lot of people were having success um, do, doing the NACA circuit, and I've, I've just looked at it and thought – it's I, I just I th- I'd be better off you know going another route and it's it's yeah. like one person does something on social media and it, and it, it hits it hits hard and what you'll see is ten other people will start doing the same thing they'll make a similar video uh, Steve Hofstetter is this guy that is is built a following around heckler videos he comes into a venue he's got three cameras on him and. I mean, if you just looked at his YouTube channel, you'd think this dude's getting heckled every single show. Yeah. But <laughs> he's record. But what's happening? He's he's recording every single show, and maybe each week he's got a five minute clip or whatever, you know. And uh, so then you start seeing, like, once he started getting traction with that, you started seeing just tons of comics like comic owns heckler or whatever yeah. type yeah. videos coming out, and it's like, well, he already forged that path. That's his path. Yeah. You got you got to find a different one, you know. So, well, Eric, we got yeah, we're coming up on the end of the hour. So yeah. Uh, oh wow! So uh, all right. Time flies. What are we doing in hour two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, first you're going to tell us what's coming up yep. for you guys, where people can see you. Oh, well, that is a great question. Um, uh, this Sunday, actually, well, if anyone wants to go to Lewiston, Idaho, tomorrow on the 22nd, I'll be at Shooters. Uh, that's a show I do once a month down there. Uh, Spokane Comedy Club on the 24th. I'll be with Michael Glatzmeyer. Um, he's a comic I work with a bunch. So you can find us at uh, Nearly Famous on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, oh, big one, April uh, 5th. I do a once a month late night talk show at the comedy club called The Social Hour After Dark. Uh, it's a really fun show. We do, you know, it's just basically like a, like a live talk show. Um, so that's come out to that. That's we've got. I don't know who I have on that show yet, but if you go follow me on Facebook, you can find out. So cool. right on. How about you, Phil? All right. March 27th. I am in Crickets in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, and actually what's uh, what's really great. There's a gal that started in uh, Spokane. Her name is Chelsea Toll. And she has gone to Seattle and started doing really well. She started hitting uh, like seven mics a week, and she's sort of risen up the, the the ranks pretty quickly. She's already getting booked on shows, so she's back in the area, and she's going to be opening, and that's going to be a great time. Uh, Crickets used to be a weekly room; they would it would be a Wednesday night room, and they would act, they would hit comics traveling through the area, either to Seattle or going from Seattle to somewhere else. So they haven't done comedy there for a while. They have kind of a, a comedy. Uh, following though because they used to they used to be at every single wednesday so we're doing it in the back room that's a little private it's only five bucks and it that's gonna be a great show there's only 70 tickets so i would say definitely go you go to cricket you go to the event page or you can go to my website philip cop kop comedy and you just hit that link but um 
yeah man you should come out if you're listening to this well i hope people do and i'd like to come too hey thanks for the laughs yeah it was a lot of fun thanks for having thanks for coming uh good luck to you and uh we'll see you on the web or in person or somewhere sounds good thanks guys thank Thank you. you